welcome news came from the north, and thus it did import. On Holyrood Day, the gallant Hotspur there, young Harry Percy, and brave Archibald, that ever valiant and approved Scot, at Holmenden met, where they did spend a sad and bloody hour. As by discharge of their artillery and shape of likelihood the news was told, for he that brought them, in the very heat and pride of their contention, did take horse, uncertain of the issue anyway. Here is a dear, a true, industrious friend, Sir Walter Blunt, new lighted from his horse, stained with the variation of each soil betwixt that Holmden and this seat of ours, and he hath brought us smooth and welcome news. The Earl of Douglas is discomfited. Ten thousand bold Scots, two and twenty knights, balked in their own blood, did Sir Walter see on Holmden's plains. Of prisoners, Hotspur took Mordake, Earl of Fife, and eldest son to beaten Douglas, and the Earl of Athol, of Murray, Angus, and Menteith. And is not this an honourable spoil? A gallant prize? Ha, cousin, is it not? In faith, it is a conquest for a prince to boast of. Yea. There thou makest me sad, and makes me sin in envy that my lord Northumberland should be the father to so blessed a son, a son who is the theme of honour's tongue, amongst a grove the very straightest plant, who is sweet fortune's minion and her pride, whilst I, by looking on the praise of him, see riot and dishonour stain the brow of my young Harry. Oh, that it could be proved that some night-tripping fairy had exchanged in cradle clothes our children where they lay, and called mine Percy his Plantagenet. Then would I have his Harry and he mine. But let him from my thoughts. What think you, cuz, of this young Percy's pride, the prisoners which he in this adventure hath surprised, to his own use he keeps, and sends me word, I shall have none but Mordake, Earl of Fife. This is his uncle's teaching. This is Worcester, malevolent to you in all aspects, which makes him prune himself and bristle up the crest of youth against your dignity. But I have sent for him to answer this, and for this cause a while we must neglect our holy purpose to Jerusalem. Cousin, on Wednesday next our council we will hold at Windsor, so inform the lords, but come yourself with speed to us again, for more is to be said and to be done than out of anger can be uttered. I will, my liege. So fat-witted with drinking of old sack and unbuttoning thee after supper and sleeping upon benches after noon that thou hast forgotten to demand that truly which thou wouldst truly know. What a devil hast thou to do with the time of the day? Unless hours were cups of sack and minutes capons and clocks the tongues of boards and dials the signs of leaping houses mm. and the blessed sun himself a fair hot wench in flame-coloured taffeta <laughs> i see no reason why thou shouldst be so superfluous to demand the time of the day indeed you come near me now how for we that take purses go by the moon and the seven stars, and not by Phoebus, he that wandering night's affair. And I prithee, sweet wag, when thou art a king, as God save thy grace, Majesty, 
I should say, for grace thou wilt have none. What, none? No, by my troth, not so much as will serve to be prologued to an egg and butter. Well, how then? Come, roundly, roundly. Marry then, sweet wag. When thou art king, let not us that are squires of the knight's body be called thieves of the day's beauty. Let us be Diana's foresters, gentlemen of the shade, minions of the moon, and let men say we be men of good government, being governed as the sea is by our noble and chaste mistress, the moon, under whose countenance we steal. Thou sayest well. And it holds well, too. For the fortune of us that are the moon's men doth ebb and flow like the sea, being governed as the sea is by the moon. As for proof, now, a purse of gold most resolutely snatched on Monday night and most dissolutely spent on Tuesday morning, got with swearing, lay by and spent with crying, bring in, now in as low an ebb as the foot of the ladder.